Hi, my name is Tony Thaxton. Like anyone else, I love a great album. But I also love those strange albums that might make you wonder how and why they even exist. But I'm not here to make fun of them. I'm here to celebrate them and tell their story. This is Bizarre Albums. Today's episode, the conclusion of Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band from 1978. We want Brampton! We want Brampton! followers, Bee Gees worshippers, Alex Cooper concerts, thousands of them showed up outside of Radio City Music Hall to wait patiently for a glimpse of a great one. Any great one. That's from WABC News in 1978, reporting from the premiere of the Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band movie. They may have wanted a great one, but they didn't get a great movie. Reviews were not kind. In film critic Leonard Malton's TV movie and video guide, he said the film just doesn't work and ranges from tolerable to embarrassing. David Anson of Newsweek wrote that it was a film with a dangerous resemblance to wallpaper. The soundtrack struggled as well. Despite debuting at number 7 on the Billboard Hot 100, it completely dropped off the charts weeks later. It also became the first record to return platinum, with over 4 million copies of it taken off store shelves and shipped back to distributors. Hundreds of thousands of copies of the album ended up being destroyed by RSO Records, who suffered a big financial loss from its release. But there were a few gems in the mix. And the biggest one of all? came thanks to Earth, Wind, and Fire. The Rock and Roll Hall of Famer's version of Got to Get You Into My Life was the soundtrack's biggest hit, reaching number one on the Billboard R&B Songs chart and number nine on the Billboard Pop Singles chart. It was even nominated for a Grammy for Best Pop Vocal Performance by a Duo Group or Chorus, and it won the Grammy for Best Instrumental Arrangement Accompanying Vocals. I was alone, I took a ride, didn't know what I would find. Strawberry Fields Forever was actually the first song that the Beatles recorded in their Sgt. Pepper's recording sessions. It was followed soon after by Penny Lane. But neither song ended up on the album. Here's Sir George Martin explaining why that was the case. So that Strawberry Fields and Penny Lane were intended to be part of the album, but the album wasn't called Pepper, nor did it become Pepper until Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band were actually written by Paul way into the album. The reason why Strawberry Fields and Penny Lane didn't become part of the album was that it sounds idiotic now, but in those days we never, ever put a single onto an album. Yeah. And we needed a single for Christmas or for New Year or whatever mm-hmm. it was. Mm-hmm. And so we rushed out Strawberry Fields and Penny Lane. The character Strawberry Fields, played by Sandy Farina, sings it for the film. Let me take you down, cause I'm going to. Farina also turns When I'm 64 into a duet with British comedian Frankie Howard. Howard enjoyed a six-decade-long career in the UK. 
His role as the film's villain, Mean Mr. Mustard, would be his only major U.S. appearance. But it wasn't his first time working with the Bee Gees. In 1968, they worked together on a BBC special entitled Frankie Howard Meets the Bee Gees. Howard once said of the Sgt. Pepper film, It was like Saturday Night Fever, but without the fever. If I'd been out till quarter to three, would you lock the door? Oh, will you still need me? Will you still feed me when I'm 64? None of the characters in the film speak any dialogue, except for one, George Burns in the role of Mr. Kite. Originally, the Bee Gees and Peter Frampton were given dialogue, but because the Bee Gees were Australian and Frampton was British, their accents didn't work with a movie that was supposed to take place in middle America. So all of the dialogue was done away with, and Mr. Kite would also serve as the film's narrator. In the town of Heartland, he left his musical instruments. These instruments have the power to make dreams come true. And as long as they remained in Heartland's care, humanity would live happily forever after. George Burns, birth name Nathan Birnbaum, was a comedian whose career successfully spanned vaudeville, radio, film, and TV. He'd had a bit of a career revival in the mid-70s after winning a Best Supporting Actor Oscar for his role in The Sunshine Boys. Now at the age of 82... He was pretending to play a Les Paul guitar and singing Beatles songs. And it really doesn't matter if I'm wrong, I'm right. Where I belong, I'm right. Where I belong. See the people standing there who disagree and never win. And wonder why they don't get in my door. I'm painting my room in a colorful way. When Beatlemania hit full force in 1964, five young men in Phoenix, Arizona formed a rock band called Alice Cooper. After seven years of obscurity, the band rose to fame in 1971 with the single I'm 18. Their popularity peaked in 1973 when their album Billion Dollar Babies hit number one in the US and the UK and was certified platinum. The band was known for elaborate and theatrical shock rock performances, fronted by their lead singer, Vincent Fernier. Though Alice Cooper was a band, people started referring to Fernier as Alice Cooper. And eventually he adopted that name for himself, even legally changing his name for his solo career after the band broke up in 1975. Cooper achieved success with his solo career as well, but a decade of almost non-stop drinking was taking its toll on him. In the fall of 1977, he was checked into a long-term psychiatric care facility in New York. He was granted a temporary leave for three days to record his vocals and shoot his scenes for the Sgt. Pepper movie. He would be playing father-son and performing the song Because. When recording his vocals, he was initially basically doing a John Lennon impression until Sir George Martin encouraged him to do it like Alice Cooper would do it. Because the world Wow, it turns me on. 
Want more Bizarre Albums? Sign up at patreon.com slash bizarrealbums to get weekly bonus episodes of the new companion show, B-Sides. Go a little deeper on each album every week on B-Sides. That's patreon.com slash bizarrealbums. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Aerosmith also makes an appearance for one scene in the movie, known as the Future Villain Band. But Aerosmith was not the first choice to play the Future Villain Band. Kiss had initially been approached, but they declined, fearing it would have hurt their image. Instead, they chose to appear in a made-for-TV movie produced by Hanna-Barbera. I don't believe it! Yes, you can believe it! And now on NBC Saturday Night at the Movies, Kiss meets the Phantom! But it turns out, Aerosmith wasn't that big on being in the movie either. In 2018, Aerosmith guitarist Joe Perry told Yahoo Entertainment, quote, When we first were presented with this movie, we were totally against it. We just thought that the whole thing was going to be hokey and we were just not cut from that cloth. We were very skeptical about it, and even contemptuous about it. And they had Peter Frampton killing Steven Tyler in the first script. We said, well, if you want us to do it, you've got to change the script. It's got to be the other way around. We didn't really consider Peter Frampton worthy enough to take us down, just because we thought his music was a little light. So they said, we'll change it. End quote. This quote is a little confusing, because when you watch the movie, it appears that Tyler does fall to his death, as does Sandy Farina's Strawberry Fields. The scene is immediately followed by her funeral, where Peter Frampton sings golden slumbers to her as she lies in a glass casket, which then leads to an oddly timed version of Carry That Weight as the band lifts and carries her casket away. But let's get back to Aerosmith. Their cover of Come Together was another of the soundtrack's bright spots. The single peaked at number 23, and the band wouldn't crack the top 40 again until collaborating with Run DMC on Walk This Way in 1986. 
In an interview with Billboard in 2017, Peter Frampton spoke of how he got involved with the film, saying, quote, There were two reasons I wanted to do it. One was because George Martin was producing the music, and one was because Paul McCartney was going to be in it. I was promised by Stigwood that Paul was going to be in the movie. If a Beatles doing it, I'll do it. Because otherwise, to me, doing anything about the Beatles is sacrilegious. And still is. Unless you do it like Joe Cocker and a handful of other people. I actually saw Paul and Wings at Wembley Arena, and I went back to see Paul and Linda after the show. And I remember Linda saying, Paul, Peter's in this movie. And I said, oh, I thought you were going to be in it. And Paul said, no, no, I'm not in it. And I just thought, uh-oh. End quote. Frampton sings one of Paul's songs near the end of the film. The Long and Winding Road was first issued as a single one month after the Beatles' breakup in 1970. It was their 20th and final number one hit. The long and winding road That leads to your door Will never disappear I've seen that road before. Years after the film's release, the Bee Gees claimed they knew it was going to be a failure after only a few days of shooting. They reportedly had even tried to get dropped from the film two weeks into production. They also blamed the film for their declining popularity in the years following its release. I read the news today. Several notable musicians played on the soundtrack. I'd mentioned Tower of Power Horns on the last episode. Guitarist Jeff Beck and members of the Jeff Beck group also appeared on the album, as well as several members of Toto, who were still months away from releasing their debut album, and legendary session drummer Bernard Purdy, a drummer so good, he has his own signature beat, the Purdy Shuffle. Don't worry about those ghost notes. Ain't nothing but rebound. To make a sound and feel good. Purdy had even made a claim in a 1978 interview with Gig Magazine that he had played drums on several early Beatles recordings, saying, quote, I overdubbed the drumming on 21 tracks of the first three Beatles albums. They paid me a lot of money to keep my mouth shut. But it's been 10 years, so fuck it. I guess I can talk about it. End quote. While these claims have been disputed by many, Purdy has continued making them in several interviews since. While his claims of playing on Beatles records continued to be up for debate, we know for a fact of someone who did play on their recordings. Billy Preston. George Harrison had brought Billy Preston into the studio during what was initially referred to as their Get Back sessions before they had changed the name of the album to Let It Be. He also played on two of the tracks on Abbey Road, 
and played electric piano for the Beatles' final performance ever on the rooftop of their Apple Corps headquarters in London. I'd like to say thank you on behalf of the group and ourselves, and I hope we pass the audition. <laughs> when Get Back was first issued as a single, it was credited to the Beatles with Billy Preston, the only time a joint credit had ever been given on an official Beatles-sanctioned release. So, Preston shows up at the end of the movie, doing a solo rendition of Get Back. It was also released as a single, but only went to number 86. The movie and the soundtrack's big finale is another version of Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. In the film, the entire cast sings alongside several random stars of the 70s. The scene was filmed on December 17, 1977 at MGM Studios. Guest stars included Hank Williams Jr., Minnie Ripperton, Bonnie Raitt, Carol Channing, Dame Edna, Frankie Valli, Wolfman Jack, and on and on and on. In a 1979 Rolling Stone interview, George Harrison spoke a little about the film. He said of Frampton and the Bee Gees, quote, I think it's damaged their images, their careers, and they didn't need to do that. It's just like the Beatles trying to do the Rolling Stones. The Rolling Stones can do it better. End quote. Despite all of its poor reviews, the movie has gained a bit of a cult following in recent years and even got an official Blu-ray release in 2017. The soundtrack has been released on CD, but is not currently streaming anywhere beyond YouTube. Oh, and believe it or not, this movie was not the first time that George Burns had covered the Beatles. He had done it nine years prior on an album of his own. George Burns Sings. But that is for another time. Thank you for listening to Bizarre Albums. If you like the show, please subscribe and leave a review. It helps people find the show. You can also follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Bizarre Albums, and I'm at Tony Thaxton. You can also like Bizarre Albums on Facebook and visit BizarreAlbums.com. And if you still want more Bizarre Albums in your life, sign up for weekly bonus episodes of Bizarre Singles and more at Patreon.com slash Bizarre Albums. And as always, if you know of a Bizarre Album you'd like to hear featured, please tweet the show. I'd love to hear from you. You can even email me at bizarrealbums at gmail.com. My name is Tony Thaxton, and I'll see you next time on Bizarre Albums. Bizarre Albums.